Amiga, how are you? I am good. I am hooked up to my tens unit and feeling fine. Wow, are you <laughs> are you getting a little electrical massage while we podcast? I am because okay. this is a time where I'm sitting still, so I thought, oh. why not? Why not? And, um, I found it. I think last week I was looking for it. I couldn't find it, and I finally mm-hmm. found it. So I was like, hurrah, because I um, went to, ugh, I was doing an open house, and I went to this Dollar Tree to, you know, get some, like, I like to do, like, little table, seasonal table decoration or whatever, mm-hmm. and so I um, was in the hood when I happened to um, do this, and so they had, I had a cart, and I'd taken my things out of the cart, mm-hmm. and I had put, you know, I was putting them putting the cart back and I rolled over like the carpet in the front but that's you know the little corral was on the other side and Mm -hmm. as I was walking it just stopped abruptly and I like hit my like shins on the bar of the basket and oh my god it was like the worst pain and so it's kind of still like a little bit of a lingering kind Uh of pain so I was like let me just hook up and just work those muscles a little bit Okay. And I've been heels um, all day, so. Mm, sexy lady. Yeah. Hubba hubba. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm home and we're taping at a decent hour. Hurrah. Uh, for us. Yes. Hurrah for us indeed. Oh, God. It took some pre planning because I knew I was still going to be like out showing houses late. And I was like, you know what? Before I. Do that. I will make sure that I am prepared. Good. Put this off. You know, put anything off. It's like, nope, give me only thirty minutes, which turns into an hour. So yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Terrific. Well, good. We have a lot to cover this week. Oh my god! So everybody, pre-warning: this episode is going to last a million years. So <laughs> yeah, so just settle in. If just you're not comfortable in. right now, just pause. Go ahead yeah. and put on some soft pants. Soft um, pants, lay down. Or if you're driving, listening, you know, to don't lay down on your commute. Yeah, don't lay don't down. Don't lay down. But I think this might, if you're in LA, <laughs> especially, this might get you to work and back. No. Yeah. <laughs> Very, very possibly. Very possibly. So this is the perfect commute episode. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you're cleaning your house. This is a good... This is perfect I'm gonna, for that. I'm going to bust some suds and, you know, get the dusting and the laundry done. This is a good... This is good for that, too. Mm-hmm. Just Absolutely. recommendations, suggestions, serving yeah. suggestions. Yeah, we, we're here to help. That's what I always say. I'm here to help. We're here to help. We're here to help. We're here to help. Yeah. We care. We care. Oh, I absolutely mm-hmm. care. Oh, darn. I'm down to four minutes already. I'm going to have to re-up on this thing. I didn't do it. Okay. I think short. I can hear it. 
I hear electricity. I don't think electricity, you... electricity. Oh, it sounds like you sound like Ben Franklin over there. This one kind of only does like a little vibration. No, the electricity is 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 giving you feedback on your mic. Oh gosh, darn it! I'll stop. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing electricity. Okay, are you still hearing it? No, now it's gone. I was hoping you would say yes. Like it started back on. No, it was definitely your tens unit. Right. Sorry, there was a really good plan though. It but was yeah, a good plan. Well, I wasn't really gonna plan. have it on like another like fifteen minutes. <laughs> Not the whiny voice though. Wah, wah. Yeah, for sure. Ugh. <laughs> God, I'm like taking off the little pets, I'm putting sorry. my toy away. This is my toy. Putting my toy yeah. away. <laughs> yeah, away your little. Yeah, sorry about that. Oh, whatever oh, you're not oh. sorry I, <laughs> I, I was like shoot that's not a bad idea I could get my tens unit out it's sitting right here on the table but no yeah if anybody under the age of 40 is listening to this they probably don't know what a tens unit or you know or unless you're an athlete because they know what that is but right yeah, old people know what it is because we need them oh we need them man <laughs> do we ever it's good stuff Yep. So, yes, newsworthy. Newsworthy. Things happened the past couple of days. Yeah, lots of big things. I'm gonna start with today's uh, news, um, just because I feel like we have to cover it, and it just happened today. And then I want to get to yesterday's news, which is huge, and I cannot wait to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's start off with today. Um, and this is a CNN article by Aaron Cooper and Jean Ciceras reporting out of Norristown, Pennsylvania. The jury in Bill Cosby's retrial found the TV icon guilty of all three counts of aggravated indecent assault for drugging and sexually assaulting Andrea Constant. At mm-hmm. his home in a Philadelphia suburb back in 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, so as uh, Bill Cosby is now 80 years old. I didn't, I I didn't realize he was re- that old. But I did not realize he was that old. Yeah, about my dad's age, yeah. I guess it does make sense. I was just, but, you know, I mean, I just wasn't really thinking about how old he was. He's 80 years old now, so he faces up to 10 years in prison on each count. But it's likely that he'll just serve those concurrently. Um. And the sentencing hearing has not yet been scheduled, so he remains out on bail. Um, It says here that he did not have an audible reaction to his conviction, but erupted shortly afterwards. It says minutes after the verdict, prosecutors asked the judge to revoke Cosby's bail because they say he's a flight risk because he has a private plane. And this is so crazy. It says Cosby who did not testify in the trial, who has sat quietly throughout most of the proceedings, then stood up and yelled in a loud, booming voice, and this is a quote from Bill Cosby, this isn't me, he says, he doesn't have a plane, you asshole. (laughs) So it seems 
so random that that is the thing that he decided to like react to this idea that he has a private plane and he's a flight risk as a okay, result he of that. He may not have a private plane, but as Bill Cosby, <laughs> you have access to private planes. Or, yeah, I mean, he's a flight risk because he's, yeah. He's, he's wealthy. He's a wealthy man. Um, so <laughs> He is a wealthy man. He is a wealthy man. And why he's talking about himself in third person <laughs> and so many questions. Um, well, so Judge you know. Stephen O'Neill ruled that Cosby should not leave his Pennsylvania home and that he would need to be fitted with a GPS tracking device. So that was, I guess, the compromise. Um, so this case was the first celebrity sexual assault trial since the hashtag MeToo movement began uh, last fall and it represented a test of how the cultural movement translates into the courtroom arena and district attorney kevin Steele of montgomery county um was quoted to say uh regarding um bill cosby in this case he says he used his celebrity i'm sorry he used his celebrity he used his wealth he used his network of supporters to help him conceal his crimes and so it goes on to explain that the case against Cosby centered on the testimony from Constant who was a former employee with Temple University women's basketball team she testified that Cosby who was at the time a powerful trustee at Temple Mm -hmm. drugged her and sexually assaulted her when she visited his home to ask for career advice 14 years ago um, the trial bore all the bearings of a classic he said, she said, um, which is common, obviously, in sexual assault trials like this. Uh, prosecutors, it says prosecutors had little forensic evidence, but from what I read, I didn't, I don't think they had any forensic evidence. It really was a, her testimony. Yeah, I didn't and, hear any, like, evidence. Yeah, they, so it says little here. I guess like they're just saying like DNA or anything like that. There was right? no like DNA yeah. or anything like that, right? Um, but in addition, the thing that really I think was the nail in the coffin is that five other women testified that Cosby had drugged and then assaulted them decades ago. As prosecutors um, used those testimonies um, to prove Cosby's actions toward Constant were part of a pattern. Um, So basically those five other Cosby accusers testified to prior bad acts. um, And, um, and, and, you know, to me, I think that was sort of the bigger thing because other than her testimony against him, there really wasn't anything to go on. He says, he says it was consensual. Consensual. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what people did back then. Right. Um, his defense team launched aggressive attacks on Constance's credibility and said that their sexual interaction had been consensual. Um, they called her a con artist um, who wanted a piece of Cosby's fortune. Um, in closing arguments, the defense attorney, Kathleen Bliss, positioned Cosby's legal team as standing up against witch hunts, lynchings, and McCarthyism. After the trial concluded, Constance left through a side door in the pro- courtroom um and uh i guess gloria allred was part of her team of attorneys mm-hmm. um and or she represents the women sorry gloria allred actually represents many of the women who have accused cosby but she was not constance attorney mm-hmm. um and um so she's quoted as saying that you know she's we're so happy that we can 
we that finally we can say women are believed and she um she actually she, she said a whole lot of stuff that was the, the basis of that mm-hmm. and then um cosby's attorney tom mesero says um he plans to appeal very strongly Mm. Um, he says, we're very disappointed by the verdict. We don't think Mr. Cosby is guilty of anything and the fight is not over. Um, so yeah, so just by way of review, you know, we all know, you know, Bill Cosby was known for the longest time as America's dad, um, groundbreaking actor. He was the first African-American performer to win an Emmy for his role on I Spy. Um, his portrayal of the um, of Cliff Huxtable on The Cosby Show was one of the first mainstream TV shows to feature a black upper middle class family. Mm-hmm. And um, although dozens of women have accused Cosby of sexual misconduct, only Constance's allegations resulted in criminal charges. Um, and one of the other um, accusers is quoted, her name is Lily Bernard. She's quoted as saying, I feel like I'm dreaming. I feel like my faith in humanity is restored. Uh, the verdict came a year after Cosby's previous trial had actually ended in a mistrial. Mm-hmm. Um, the a whole other panel of jurors back then said that they were deadlocked and could not unanimously agree on a verdict. This current jury began delivering, I'm sorry, deliberating Wednesday morning around 11, and they worked for more than 14 hours over two days to reach this verdict. Um, Constant initially told police about the assault in 2005, a year after the assault occurred. Prosecutors in Montgomery County at the time decided not to file charges in the case. And here's another nail in the coffin, too. At the time, Constant and Cosby settled a civil lawsuit for $3.38 million in 2006. Mm. But in late 2015, as the groundswell of women spoke out with accusations against Cosby, a new prosecutor in Montgomery County filed charges. So again, you have um, the last quote here from the district attorney for Montgomery County says, everybody got to see who he really is when each of those prior bad act witnesses got to testify this guy was an actor for a very long time right so there you have it um it's just you know i um for me i think the fact that he settled with her back then um for a very large sum and the fact that there were so many women um who came out against him and and then a a good handful of them who uh, were willing to testify against him. I think it's just, you know, it's more than a, he said, she said, when you have so many people um, and I don't know, it just, it's, it's just sad and awful. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially like at his, his age and, um, but well, I'm like not trying to express sympathy for real Cosby because this is just trash, you know, this whole like situation. And I'm gonna go kind of like off to the left a little bit because I've been, you know, honestly, mainstream reaction and black pe- black people's reaction to these ty- types of things are often very different. Sure, especially when it comes to someone who. You know, we've grown up, like, respecting and kind of, you know, revering in a um, 
you know, most of our lives. I think the Cosby Show came on when I was like in fourth grade or something, and it was uh-huh. just like revolutionary, and then like uh-huh. a different world, and just like the impact that it had on a lot of you know black people growing up. Like the fact that there were two professionals in a household, a lot of people hadn't seen that. A lot of uh-huh. lower middle class people and. Um, just a different world and effects that it had on HBCUs and enrollments uh-huh. and the HBCU alum that means a lot to me and you know Bill Cosby's like philanthropy and just like um, sure. all the things that he's done so like he holds a special place for a lot of black people absolutely um, however we know an actor and a comedian not you know, like, who he was as a person. And he openly admitted that he cheated on his wife, that he wasn't a good father, that he wasn't a good husband, and all these things. So it's kind of hard. Uh-huh. I see a lot of people do separate those things. Sure. Also, a lot of the reaction I saw today on social media was, oh, so they're going to take down Bill Cosby. Well, what about all of those other um, men in power who did the exact same things mm-hmm. and they're not being pursued no one's doing anything you know to them or saying anything like Hugh Hefner died and was basically like touted as like oh you know he you know led the sexual revolution and all these like you know, what people do mm-hmm. when eulogize mm-hmm. when they die knowing like he, a lot of these, you know, kind of things that, you know, Bill Cosby accused of were very similar to the things that Hugh Hefner did. He did uh-huh. these things, recorded people, you know, uh-huh. doing, uh-huh. you know, all these things. So it was very much of a, you know, oh, he's going to pay for these sins where other people don't have to. And I, I saw that. And I'm like, okay, yeah. And but then uh-huh. I was like, we know this. We know that this uh-huh. is how things are. We know that we can't do the same things that other people do. Uh-huh. And just because other people aren't being punished for what the wrong that they did doesn't mean that he shouldn't be punished for the wrong that he did. Right. And I think that's where I am with all of this. Yeah. I was like, yes, all those things are true, but that doesn't negate the fact that all those years ago, or not even, that wasn't even that long ago when he... Well, no, like, 2004. That was yeah. only 14, 14 years ago. Yeah, that wasn't that long ago. Um yeah, and, like, people have, like, separated themselves from him. I was like, there's, well, it's not named after him. It's named after his wife. But there's a building named after his wife on our campus because of uh-huh. donations that he gave um, yeah. to my alma mater. So it's kind of, and the, you know, the college has kind of separated themselves from him because of all the allegations and uh, and whatnot. But he gave us a lot of money. Like yeah. tens of millions of dollars. Sure. And so, um, yeah, but I was like, yeah, one right, you know, two wrongs to make a writer, whatever. So, I don't know. What right. Are you? So, I'm just, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, I, it's, you know, I think it's, I think you're right. I think it's kind of, you know, like, uh, I think of it almost as like the OJ effect or whatever, you know, that whole, uh, with his whole trial and people, you know, sort of, and I mean, I think all the documentaries did such a good job of like explaining um, sort of the racial tensions that led to people sort of rooting OJ on, even though he was mm-hmm. so clearly guilty, you know, and again, like right. it's not that doesn't balance it out like him getting off for a double murder 
um, doesn't balance out the years of injustice of the police against black men everywhere, you know, <laughs> and so, right. um, and the courts and all of that, you know, so it's, this is the same, you know, kind of the same theme here. Like it's, um, definitely, and, you know, and I, and this article does note, you know, like he, he is definitely, because his, because he was already, um, being pursued on these charges and there was a mistrial last year. And so now it finally got the retrial. Um, he is really the first celebrity, he, to you know, be brought through the justice system on the heels of the Me Too movement really having kicked up a lot of steam in the course of the last year, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it will be interesting, I think, to sit back and now watch, like, okay, who's next? What's going on with you know? Harvey Weinstein? Was he charged right. with anything? I, that's what I'm sitting here wondering, you know? I'm not sure. I don't know that that there have been formal allegations um, formal charges pressed against been him. No charges, like he's still like he was off in what Italy or some something like chilling. I don't know. I don't know where Harvey he, Weinstein like, is. He went like out of the country to like mm. think and reflect on his behavior, and I'm like, mm. um, right. why aren't you in a jail cell? Right. Well, I mean, somebody needs to press charges, right? right. I mean, in this case, it seems like you know they had settled. And it's the new, um, a new district attorney came on and was like, no, we're pressing charges, right. you know? So that's, I, w- I would imagine the same thing needs to happen um, in cases like Harvey Weinstein's and all the various, I mean, you've got, um, what's his face? Um, Kevin Spacey. You've got all these people out there who have now been outed, if you will, <laughs> um, yeah. for their behavior. And so, um, but it needs to go the step further. Like if these, if, if these men are indeed guilty of uh, sexual assault against women in various situations, the same women who have spoken up and called them out and um, don't can't settle at just having their careers ruined. Like these are criminal, yeah. these are criminal well, activities that need to be pursued in the criminal courts. And the thing is though, I think with some of the issues with, um, Harvey Weinstein or Harvey Weinstein is the um Harvey Weinstein anyway I think it's it, Dane okay is the issue of like the statute of limitations for sexual assault mm, like that's you true know, they have statute of limitations it's not like murder where you know exactly yeah so I think some of these cases happen to some of these women at the beginning of their careers right and you know that's been now like some 20 years for some of those people like mm-hmm. I think of all those yeah. you know when his company kind of really got going like it was really big in the 90s like you know all these movies Mm -hmm. or whatever so and you know during the Gwyneth Paltrow and all those people it was Mira Mira Sorvino and Mm -hmm. it was like Mm -hmm. in the 90s so it's been over 20 years for a lot of these people so sure it's probably an issue of that that, yeah and I mean and that's definitely something that's an issue was the fact Mm -hmm. that the uh, statute on limitations and it's something that from what I understand I know that there's movements in different states to change the statute yeah. of limitations to be longer um, mm-hmm. for um, sexual assault. But yeah, as it stands, I think that that is something that is probably a big barrier um, in terms mm-hmm. of really um, getting any kind of justice, at least, you know, delayed justice in these cases. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think all those things are true and, um, you know, unfortunate, but he, mm-hmm. I think, I think, I, I mean, I don't have a lot of, 
I don't, I no longer have a lot of questions about whether he did this or not. I feel like it's really unfortunate. Yeah, and I think, yeah. Yeah, I think some of those women were not truthful, like a Janice Dickinson or whoever, but I think a lot of those women were. And yeah, and I think a lot, especially during that time period, you can't say, like, you know, oh, it was a product of your time. Like, you know, rape is still wrong. Drugging women is still, you know, even though, like, <laughs> that's what you did in the 70s, those, you know, scooping people quaaludes and, you know, whatever. Like, uh-huh. that's uh-huh. not okay. It's still, like, very wrong and illegal and just. Right. Yeah, because, and, you know, yeah. what was appropriate then or not even appropriate, what was like the thing to do? Like, doesn't uh-huh. it's not OK. It's not OK. It was never OK. It was never it wasn't okay. OK then. It's not OK now. It's like, not OK it's just, now. Not... Like, you just can't. Yeah. So this will be interesting uh-huh. to kind of see. And I just think of I know when these allegations kind of first started, it was very interesting because it was kind of on the heels of um. Bill Cosby being, you know, very much, you know, like Quincy Jones, like the old black, you know, curmudgeonly black Mm -hmm. man, just like, you know, talking about the, you know, what's wrong with black people and (laughs) you know, 40 and Mm -hmm. all the respectability kind of politics, pull up your pants and do Mm -hmm. this and do that. And so, yeah, like it was interesting, like how like that all came on the heels. Um, that kind of all got shut down, and how once mm-hmm. this yeah. started, yeah, he gets. Mm. It's hard to keep a platform for anything right. when, so, when this yeah. is what's happened, you know. So, and it's heads. unfortunate. I mean, all of it is so unfortunate. It's unfortunate that it happened at all, and mm-hmm. it's unfortunate for what it's done to his legacy. Because, um, like, like, you know, yeah, and that's it's just, it's just a shame. It is because he's done so many wonderful things right and to ha- you know this just negates yeah yeah it well i mean it, it it's it tarnishes everything it, it tarnishes, tarnishes the whole everything. thing yeah absolutely mm-hmm. yeah so yeah very bad yep yep all right Back all right mm-hmm. uh, dr cosby jeez um so Whew. yes Oh man, from one bad man to another. No, one old man. This is like all from one old. old this is, yeah, this is the old man hour. In the <laughs> this is the old citizen. man hour. Yes, the bad old Senior, man hour. The bad old man hour. <laughs> the bad old. Man. Joe bad Biden. old man. Yes, that might be I'm it right there. It. You're calling it okay. <laughs> yeah, the bad you old man hour. You usually take the title, but yes, that's I think right. <laughs> Okay, I have uh-huh. been I have been uh, obsessed for the last oh probably thirty six hours now about this new story. It is huge. It is it is ridiculous. Um, I'm Can gonna, I just okay? Yes. Can I just say that I, in addition to like all the reading and stuff, I am now involved in like a four way text conversation that has had like <laughs> sixty texts. Since yesterday, from some friends in LA who are into true crime, one of who is from that neighborhood. Oh my and gosh, that's so, insane! That is so one cool. Of the girls is literally in Italy, still texting. 
Oh my gosh. Yes. No, this is such a, this is huge. Yeah. Wherever you are, if you are a true crime person anywhere in the world, this is huge. Um, So I'm going to be coming out of um, the OC register story today and from Sacramento B also today. Mm -hmm. Um, The um, golden state killer who for decades um, terrorized communities up and down um, California um, yesterday was arrested, identified, arrested. Um, and it is, it is such a huge thing. So just, um, and further context too, I'm in the middle of reading, um, the book that just came out about this, um, the Michelle McNamara. Yeah. The Michelle McNamara book, um, I'll be gone in the dark, which is, um, a beautifully written, beautifully mm. written book. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. And I'm, I'm it's literally so like, sad that she just she passed yeah. away before this happened. But like, she's the um, I don't say she's the reason, but she's a big reason. She's a big part of it. She's a big so, part of it. Yeah. For those of you who who um, don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> don't know what we're talking about. Um, this is huge. So for more than thirty years, really forty plus years. Mm-hmm. Investigation investigators have searched in vain to identify the enigmatic serial killer and rapist now identified as Joseph James D'Angelo, who has lived without a hint of suspicion, working in a warehouse and raising his family in a one story stucco house with three car garage in comfortable Sacramento suburb. On Wednesday, the balding jowly 17 year old was behind bars, accused of killing at least 12 people raping at least 45 women in a terrifying crime spree that spanned 10 counties from Sacramento to the Bay Area and Orange County in the 1970s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is known as the East Area Rapist because he started his initial, um, at least that's how he was initially identified. Then mm-hmm. he spanned into the rest of East area of Sacramento, East area rapist, then span into the rest of Sacramento. And then they started making connections um, that he may have been responsible um, for um, other crimes that were committed um, in Visalia. And mm-hmm. so it, it has come out that he, they, they are- um, The Visalia are, ransacker, is that yeah, what Yeah, the Visalia ransacker, um, which preceded the rapes in, mm-hmm the East area and then um, have now DNA linked him, not just to what's happened in the East area uh, of Sacramento, but also the, um, the orange Ventura County and orange County murders that took place. Um, So basically what you see in his um, timeline of uh, crime is the escalation going from ransacking to, you know, just burglarizing homes to raping and to murder. Um, And so this article goes on to say, while the suspect may be one of the most prolific serial killers in California history, the the cases across the state were not linked for years. And in the Bay Area where women were raped but none were killed, the case was largely unknown. But elsewhere, the man who climbed through windows in the middle of the night terrorized couples by demanding that one tie up the other who stacked china plates or cups on the husband's backs to scare them into paralysis while he raped their wives in the next room, has been called the East Area Rapist, the Golden State Killer, the original Night Stalker, and the Visalia Ransacker. Mm -hmm. Um, So 
it's this is a huge investigation that spanned over several decades now with you know with no progress like there was really and there was a ton mm-hmm. of evidence the mo was the same yeah. um he would ransack homes he would um he would come in in the middle of the night uh he had um he always had a flashlight with him and the biggest part of all this is that um, I mean, for me, one of the biggest pieces of this is that he's a former police officer. Yes. And some people, you know, thought that or they thought it, mm-hmm. at least he he had a police scanner because they said right. like he would be in when he knew like the police were looking in one area, he would be somewhere else. So right. Like, so, yep. Yeah, that was a big thing is that they thought, you know, okay, and and it's there was some like they would just get to the edge of sort of like inferring that maybe he was a police officer, but they were like, no, he just has a scanner like they never went as far as to say like he must be a cop. Yeah. Um, but even as I, it's funny because as I was, I'm like I said, I'm reading the book about him right now and all these crimes. And one of the things that stood out to me was the way that he uses flashlight because he uses a flashlight the same way that police officers do, Mm -hmm. you know, for the fact of, you know, like holding it up high to blind the person that you're, you know, flashing it onto. And that's how he would wake his victims. He would break in in the middle of the night um, and um, they would wake up to like this blinding light. And it was him, you know, and again, he started off with women who were alone at home and then, um, and then moved on to um, breaking in even, even if there were, children in the house even if there was a husband and children in the house um Mm -hmm. he kind of just kept escalating um time after time um so um can i just read a little the the little thing my friend wrote on facebook yes please because it's yeah like i said she's from sacramento um and she put this on facebook yesterday and i asked her if it was okay if i share it and she's like sure of course um, and I just, so for people who like, I remember feeling this way, like a little bit during the whole Night Stalker thing and, uh-huh. you know, LA, cause I was, you know, young then and, but it didn't uh-huh. last nearly as long as, uh-huh. you know, the, um, Golden State Killer. So, um, Rebecca, thank you. Thank um, you, Rebecca. She said, I was eight years old when the serial rapist terrorized all of Sacramento but our neighborhood in particular. He raped 30, oh. 40 plus women in two years in the Sacramento area. Oh. My mother was 30 and newly divorced with two little kids and was oh. terrified. We oh. had alarm systems installed, panic buttons in bedrooms, floodlights in the yard, and special locks on the windows. Oh. I remember people coming to our house to install all of it. Even at the age of eight, I knew all the horrific details of his attacks just from listening to adults' conversations. Mm. This childhood experience shaped who I am. I grew up to do sexual assault work in Sacramento and L.A. I don't go out alone at night. I never sleep with a window open. And as my friends know and tease me, I will not Uber alone with a male driver. Hmm. I never thought he'd be caught or identified in my lifetime. So today I will get nothing done and will be glued to my computer all day waiting for more details to come out. And in her own funny way, if you're so inclined, feel free to send pizza and wine. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Oh my gosh, what an amazing, like, firsthand testimonial to the way that this this guy terrorized that area. Um, 
it's it's i mean it's it's awful like it's i i can't mm -hmm. and when you're reading the book and listening to these accounts and trying to even imagine you know i i can't imagine like you know i live by myself you know like mm -hmm. and i don't i I definitely like make sure everything's locked at night, but not like, you know, to live in terror like that. Right. Um, for that long. For a really long period of time. And it was, you know, there were times where he would attack, you know, multiple times in the week, you know, like he, and, um, and he'd be in one neighborhood. There's one, there's like, um, there's an account of like two attacks that took place, like just three houses down from one another but separate weeks from each other. So he did like one, you know, one address, he attacked a, a woman there one day, then three weeks go by and he comes back down to the same street, three houses down, Right. you oh. know? And so like, you just never know, you know, like it's just absolute terror, like and, the definition of terrorism. And the kind of the story about how like they had like a town meeting. Yes. And one of the guys spoke up and was like, I don't see how any man could mm -hmm. like let this happen and you know like let his wife get attacked and he doesn't do anything and then like three months later he, he attacked, attacked that one you know raped his wife and you know attacked him and i was like so like he was there like he was a part he of had community. to be there he was a police officer in this community oh, yeah. like he's in the newspaper pictures of him like with little league teams and uh -huh. you know and stuff like uh -huh. that so it's just like literally hiding in plain sight like he lived still like in the area and had like a life with a wife and kids and grandchildren and uh -huh. Uh -huh. it's insane it's absolutely insane um the um there's there's so much um information so he was um Authorities wouldn't say what led them to D'Angelo, although there's more information about that now, and I'll talk about it in a second. Yeah. This is mm -hmm. from yesterday. But a Navy veteran who served, he was a Navy veteran who served Vietnam. in Vietnam, a former police officer in the 1970s in Exeter. So in the 70s, he was in Exeter, and that's why, that's the connection to Visalia, because he was in that area, in that Visalia area, as a police officer then. Mm. And those crimes took place between 74 and 75 as a Visalia ransacker. And then... Um, in Auburn, um, he was fired in 1979 after shoplifting a hammer and a dog and dog repellent. And this is so interesting. So he's a he's a police officer in Auburn, mm -hmm. which is you know closer to Sacramento, and um, and he gets accused. Not he's not even caught. He's not arrested no. or anything. He's accused of shoplifting a hammer and dog repellent. Now, mind you, there was at this point. Um, a couple of times where he had altercations with people's dogs. Mm -hmm. Okay. So local, local news reports at the time noted that he refused to submit to questioning about the shoplifting case and he never attempted to appeal his termination. And red so flags. Red huge flag. red flag, like a huge red flag, you know, that he just, you know, you're a police officer, you're accused of something, and you're just like, all right, I'll just see you guys. Never mind. I'll see you later. Yeah, he never, right, sure. yeah. He like, like never like wanted. He didn't want anyone to, you know, ask any further questions. Clearly, like he, you know, these were things that he was doing, um, and so you know, so conniving too. You know, this idea of like he's going to shoplift these things because he's not going to leave a trail. He's not going to purchase them or have a receipt for them. He's not going to have an interaction with a shopkeeper where they're like, oh yeah, I remember he was in here. He bought a hammer or he bought yeah. dog repellent. You know, um, 
But and, I, I'm uh, sorry. I, I I was so stuck on the the other cop thing. Like no, I was like, for you guys to be like police officers, no one thought anything. And I was like, I wonder what else he said to them. I'm just so curious. I'm glad that they were able to apprehend him without him killing himself. And I hope like he doesn't. Uh, yeah. Like so, because I want to know everything (laughs) i want to know everything the other thing that was really interesting is i was listening so i've I've been reading listening watching like everything that i could possibly like get my eyes and hands on um and um one of the um one of my um podcasts the case file did a quick update because they did a whole five episode series on on the east area rapist and Mm -hmm. They did an update, and one of the things that they mentioned that I hadn't seen anywhere else was, um, you know, he did a few – He because one of the things that he was known for doing was calling um, mm-hmm. on the phone um, ahead of time. So a lot of the women who were attacked um, had received prank phone calls um, weeks in advance. I mean, he would stake out these houses for weeks before mm-hmm. he actually attacked. He would, like, often, like, go in. And, like, they would find things like, you know, a door open or a window unlocked or something left ajar. And then a week later, he would actually attack. Um, and so this whole thing about calling and kind of this, like, pre-terrorizing before mm-hmm. the actual act itself. And there was on record these March 18th phone calls that he made to um, – to the Sacramento County, County, I want to say it's the uh, Sacramento um, Police Department, not the county, the Sacramento Police Department on March 18th, uh, um, 1978, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and he called, he did, he made three phone calls that are known of. And he called and the first one was like, you know, um, with his like, creepy voice that he would use when he talked to people Mm -hmm. um it was like you know i'm the east area rapist and then he'd hang up then he called back a little while later and he said you know he's like i'm the east area rapist and like did like kind of like an evil like laugh and like hung Mm. up and then um and then a third phone call and it was like i'm the east area rapist and you're never gonna catch me i already have my next victim um, cased and you're never going to catch me. Um, now that was on March 18th. Now that we know who he is, what's super creepy is that on March 17th, March 17th is what St. Patrick's day, right? Uh-huh. March 17th, the Auburn newspaper, like whatever it is, the Auburn B or whatever had a whole article about their St. Patty's day parade. And his name is mentioned James um, D'Angelo, Joseph James D'Angelo is mentioned with another officer as having helped lead the St. Patrick's Day Parade through the streets, through the main street, you know, in Auburn, and what a great job the, you know, local officers did of assisting with this year's St. Patty's Day Parade, mm-hmm. and his name is mentioned as, like, one of the two people, that, and so that's March 17th, same year. Next day, he's making prank phone calls to the police department in Sacramento. I mean, it's so creepy to know who he is now and the context. Yeah, and I heard uh, that, you know, also that he asked his brother-in-law, like, about the case. Oh, I haven't heard this. Yeah, like, he was like, so, what would you, you know, like, about the, you know, just about the East Area Rapist and you know, like, what would you do to him and all that kind of stuff. So, like, uh, yeah, it's just, and I think someone said, like, when he um, was arrested, he said, I don't want to touch my phone to find, like, the actual quote because, you know, my phone might go 
necessary. Right. <laughs> I'm just right. Um, he was like, um, I put him away or something. I've been good or something like something to that effect. Like, you know, huh. kind of like saying the killer, like he, he's gone. Like I got rid of him. I've lived a good life. Wow. So it would just be interesting <sighs> to see like, yeah, how this unfolds. It will. It's going to be huge. It's huge. So the OC Register article goes on to explain that the investigators across the state never gave up on the cold case, and they did convene as a task force, um, but they didn't convene as a task force until June 2016. June 2016 was considered the 40th anniversary of the first known crime. So the message was clear in 2016 that the magnitude of the case demanded that it be solved. So far, D'Angelo is charged with eight counts, eight counts of first-degree murder in three counties, two in Sacramento, two in Ventura, and four in Orange County. The nearly 60 victims range in age from 13 to 41 and include women home alone, women at home with their children, and husbands and wives, according to the FBI. He often ransacked homes, and in the case of the Smith killings in Ventura, he appeared to have eaten a meal and left dirty dishes in the sink. Mm-hmm. So disgusting. Um, Schubert said she was, um, um, Schubert is um, one of the um, uh, people, the survivors of the, the family, um, families of the victim. She was 12 when the killings began in Sacramento area and lived near the cluster of crimes. And she talks about the time. She says it was a time. I'm sorry. This is Schubert's not. Um, Schubert is the, um, uh, the DA, Sacramento County DA. She says it was a time of innocence here in 1976. No one locked their doors. Kids rode their bike to school. Parents let their kids play outside. For all of us who lived in this community during that time, it all changed. The memories, she said, are very vivid. Um, and um, one of the, this is similar to, to Rebecca's um, explanation. She says, you know, one of the residents, Penny Ryan, ref- is reflecting back on that time. She says, my dad bought a gun. He loaded it every night and he put it under his pillow. I can't believe he was only 15 minutes away. Um, and neighbors, current neighbors say that D'Angelo has been living in the house where he was arrested since the early 80s. He's a divorced father of three, living with a daughter and a grandchild. He worked for 27 years in the Save Mart warehouse and was recently retired, according to the grocery store chain. Um, the people at Save Mart said none of his actions in the workplace would have led us to suspect any connection to crimes being attributed to him. We are working with the Sacramento County District Attorney's Office on their investigation. This was funny. Bridget Peterson, who lives down the street for the last 25 years, said her son played, not this part isn't funny, she says that her son played at D'Angelo's house when mm. his grandson visited, something that is now unsettling in hindsight. But then the funny part, she says, he always looked irritated and wasn't really nice. He had moments when he was in his front yard when he just got angry at himself, yelling profanities, or even people passing by. It was a relief that he was arrested, she says. Mm. Um and um, and then, you know, of course, a lot of the hype that had already been around this um, came from um, a couple of places. There was a five-part documentary about the case called Unmasking a Killer that recently aired on HLN. And then, mm-hmm. obviously, author Michelle McNamara, who died in her sleep back in April 2016, wrote a best-selling true crime book about the case, which is called I'll Be Gone in the Dark, that was published earlier this year. 
Authorities said Wednesday that while those stories brought more attention to the case, uh, they didn't specifically lead to D'Angelo's arrest. Um, and then, um, but um, Michelle McNamara was married to Patton Oswalt, who's a, a comedian. Mm -hmm. Lots of people know who he is. Um, and um, he tweeted out uh, yesterday, he said in a tweet, if they've really caught... If they've really caught the hashtag Golden State Killer, I hope I get to visit him, not to gloat or gawk, to ask him the questions that at True Crime Diary, which is uh, Michelle's blog, um, mm -hmm. to um, ask him the questions that at True Crime Diary wanted answered in her, quote, letter to an old man at the end of hashtag I'll be gone in the dark. Um, mm -hmm. And so... Um, just, just so sad again that Michelle McNamara isn't here to see this, but exciting in that, like, you know, her work was not in vain. Like, this, the mm -hmm. fire that she kind of kept going for this. Yeah, like, so she was like obsessed with this. She was obsessed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, crazy. got the name. Like, like he needs a flashier mm -hmm. name, like the East Area. Yeah. Races, like. <laughs> she, and she's yeah, it's really big. Like, he's responsible for this moniker, Golden State Killer, which is really so much more accurate. I mean, he was up and down the state, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so frightening. Um, so uh, from Sheriff Scott Jones, Sacramento County, this was a true convergence of emerging technology and dogged determination by detectives. In this case, justice was delayed. It wasn't swift, but I can assure you it will be sure. Um, yes, it, was, and, it started with familial DNA, and then they were yes. able to, like, confirm. Well, like that's the... That's the news from today, actually. Oh, okay. It's very exciting because um, out of the Sacramento Bee, the, the, um, the, head, um, the byline is uh, Sam Stanton, and the headline reads, Relatives DNA from Genealogy Websites. From Genealogy Websites. Crack East Area Rapist Case, DA's office says. So um, using genealogical websites that contain genetic information from a relative the Sacramento County DA office confirmed this Thursday that the effort was part of a painstaking process that began by using DNA from one of the crime scenes from years ago and comparing it to genetic profiles available online through various websites that cater to individuals wanting to know more about their family background. So those are people that spit in the thing and find yes. out. Yes. Mm -hmm. See, I told y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I'm a killer. But I was Not like, that what are they do with those things? So now, yes. Okay. okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Because, okay, so, the, yeah, so, so they had those DNA samples. The investigation was conducted over a long period of time as officials in Sacramento County DA, Anne-Marie Schubert's office, and the crime lab explored online family trees that appear to have matches to DNA samples from the East Area Rapist Crimes. They then followed those clues to individuals in the family trees to determine whether they were potential suspects. The process finally came to fruition last Thursday, so literally in a week, since a week since this all came to fruition, mm -hmm. when the investigation focused on the possibility that D'Angelo might be a suspect, a suspicion that was bolstered by the fact that he lived in the area where the attacks occurred and was in the right age range. Mm-hmm. That the height and stuff eat too was like what they had in mind, right? And that this so it says that discovery set the investigation in a high gear. Um, investigators then set up surveillance on D'Angelo in his quiet Citrus Heights neighborhood and obtained his DNA from something that he discarded. 
um, is what they said at the news conference on Wednesday. So at the news conference on Wednesday, all we knew is that they had picked up some discarded DNA, but all this part of like, how did they end up surveilling him to begin mm-hmm. with wasn't clear. So now it's much clearer. And um, so results from comparing that DNA sample to the original crime scene samples were positive for matching D'Angelo to the crimes, but officials wanted the strongest possible link and set out to collect a second, more robust sample. Those results came back from the DA's crime lab Monday evening, leading to a rush to prepare for an arrest of D'Angelo, an effort that officials said they wanted to make quickly to ensure public safety after a 44-year mystery. D'Angelo was arrested outside his home Tuesday afternoon and booked into the county jail on two charges of murder at that time. Now it's a total of eight um, for the slayings of Katie and Brian Majori and Rancho Cordova. He's expected to face a total of 12 homicide cases um, in Sacramento, Orange, Orange County, Santa Barbara County, and Ventura counties, stemming from a rape and slaying spree that authorities say stretched from 1974 through May 1986. I mean, mm-hmm. over 20 years. Mm-hmm. Over 20 years. Schubert and Jones have declined to reveal details of how their investigations led them to D'Angelo, but they have said that information will be made known publicly soon. D'Angelo faces arraignment tomorrow in mm. Sacramento Superior Court. Wow. Um, so super, super exciting. I think for these families, um, there's so many, mm-hmm. and there's a ton of like surviving um, family members um, right. to the victims of these crimes um, who have also, you know, along with Michelle McNamara, along with all the data miners and uh, armchair sleuths out there. Yeah, all the like there's a people. whole website, to, you know, devoted oh, to this. You know, podcast, books, websites, podcasts. books. There's yeah. a ton of stuff. So many people. Reddit. And, oh, my God. I'm oh afraid God. to even go on Reddit because oh my gosh. it's like. And, Reddit, there are literally people who do nothing else than just Mm -hmm. this and have, Mm -hmm. like, way more. So, yeah, like, they are for real. Um, And um, so what a, you know, what a huge satisfaction, you know, um, for these families to finally. And thank God he's alive. Because to me, I feel like, I mean, it's it would have been great if they just found out who it was and if he was dead, fine. But the fact that he's alive and can be brought to trial, I Mm -hmm. feel like is so much more. To get Satisfying. more like information, more answers. And yes, like, and I hate that he's lived his life. You know what I mean, and enjoyed sure. grandchildren and his sure. children. And but like it's so it's kind of like ugh, you know, you've got to live your life. You know when you've you know harmed so many people and just mm. like terrorized terrorized people. Indeed. Like you know, like like someone's like said to like Rebecca, like. You know, like there's a whole like generation of people who have like PTSD because yeah. of this, and like it's yeah. affected like the trajectory of their life mm-hmm. um, dealing with this, and so that like is really upsetting. And mm-hmm. just to go off on another tangent, just thinking, I'm wondering because I believe you know he's married, but he's di- they said he's separated, not divorced. Yeah, he's definitely not together because they were saying one of the things that I read um, was that his, you know, um, he, they, one, the media has gone to the house of the wife or ex-wife or estranged wife or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's a totally separate home. She's at a whole other address. So they're not together. Um, And um, what she knows. Yeah. And why, why they haven't gotten divorced. Is it because if he 
gets caught, she can't testify against him. Like, I'm, I'm just wondering. That's some of the conversation that's been going on in our text thread. Yeah, I mean, I have so many questions about, um, you know, that relationship and yeah, what is what what does she, did she have any idea that this was going on? You know, um, yeah, and, and like um, starters like, you know, just being growing up in that area, have they ever like suspected their dad and uh-huh. have seen things? Because apparently, his he has two daughters. One's like One, a- I've seen two daughters, and I saw somebody list that he, somewhere it said he had three kids. So then I, I, I think so I don't his know. wife a had a daughter. I think his wife had a child, oh, okay. and then they had two together. Like one's a PhD, yeah. and the other's an emergency room doctor. Okay, and then there's some conjecture that it stopped be- because because of them because of them because this first daughter was born in 1981. Um, and the second daughter was born in 1986. In 1981, there was like one, there was one murder in 1981, and then there was a big break, and then there was another murder in 1986. And that, so it's kind of weird because it's almost like the last two murders that have been attributed to him are five years apart, and so are his two kids. So it's almost mm-hmm. like, what is that about? Like, it's just. I mean, there's so many questions now, but yeah, thank God that he's alive to, you know, possibly answer them. Like, who knows um, whether he's going to be forthcoming at this point or not. Um, but they have him on DNA. And from what I understand, it's a 100% DNA match. Yeah, that's what they said. So it's like, yeah, it's you, dude. It's you. Like, it's it's not anybody else. Mm. <laughs> not, and especially, not it's like, that, yeah. there are no other, like, old men in the house of that age. You know what I mean? Like, it's a bunch of women. You're the only old man around. Like, right. It's you. It's you. It's you. It's you. It's you. And, um, and thank God, you know, so it, it was, um, it's, it's very exciting in that there's um, a, a level of closure that I think a lot of people, you know, had um, hoped for, but also maybe you know really were in on some part of them realistically thinking they would never get you know yeah it's been a uh, while since we've caught someone like this was b2k like the last big one ah uh, probably B- i said did i say b2k you did say b2k you, uh, i was i was like um b2k Yes, BTK, that uh, Marcus Houston and his boys. Lord. Right. <laughs> BTK, the only crime they were, you know, guilty of is like fashion crimes. Right. Um, <laughs> crimes against fashion. Crimes against fashion. Sorry, sorry, Marcus Houston and the rest of y'all. Um, <laughs> Not BTK. Yeah. Oh, B-T-K. that is BTK. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I yeah. I'm trying to think. I I don't know if who, but yeah. It's. I mean, there's. This was such a huge cold case. Like so. I mean, just a series of cold cases. Like it was insane. So. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. There you have it. That's the news has been busy, busy the last forty eight hours. Yeah. And so, from all of this heavy news comes me and my tomfoolery. All right, let's do to it. To lighten the mood. That's why All you right. go first. Yeesh. That's why I go Yeesh. first. <laughs> okay, mm. so the viral thought. Oh, I can't talk. The wow, you. <laughs> Not the viral fox. Ra, 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 ra. Um, the viral it. box 
my little title is Wakanda Forever, Ever. So. <laughs> okay. So I don't know if you've seen this, but like the latest memes of Chadwick, aka Black Panther, um, have been cracking me up. So, um, there's a picture of him going around with a less than enthusiastic Wakanda salute at the Avengers Affinity War premiere. Oh, um, really? And they are hilarious. So, lots, not you know, this. apparently he just has like, like a blank face, kind of like, oh, this again. And, you know, like so, a lot of them have um, just have him in the want want face, and then mm-hmm. some of them also have them like split screen with him at the Oscars where they were just like flying high uh-huh. from Black Panther and all its glory and he was just like yes Wakanda forever and like all smiling and happy and then with him at the Avengers Infinity War um, premiere with like oh god not this again so um, <laughs> so it's like you know nine months of this you know it's kind of wearing thin on the brother uh, oh that so, is just Hysterical. <laughs> one of them is like, and I'm gonna post this on social media because they're hilarious. But one is like, man, you telling me I have to do this Wakanda forever, forever? Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like a tear, a crying emoji, and three straight face emojis. Hilarious. And then um. Um, one is like. When you go from Wakanda forever to Wakanda occasionally. What <laughs> <laughs> uh, is uh, T'Challa this, T'Challa that? Nobody ever want to hear about Chadwick. <laughs> <laughs> These are great. And then the one that oh, took me out, I was dying. And so if this is the one that's like the split screen where it's like him on the Oscar night with looking all good and I was all black and like beaming and then uh-huh. the womp womp face. Uh-huh. When I start a job versus when I've been working there for a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh that is good God, stuff. Hilarious. So yes. So that was the uh, viral box cracked me up, took me straight out when I saw that. I was like, y'all are stupid. Oh, I love Oh, y'all. that is terrific. I love y'all for real, as Monique would say. That is terrific. Yeah, so that's that. So, few things in um, Wait, Tell Me Everything. So much going on. A lot of stuff people have, you know, kind of been talking about, and I just picked one thing that came out, you know, today that I saw, and there's a couple of other, like, small things. Um, so I kind of feel like, okay, this is kind of like my 90s, <laughs> new, 90s news update. Um, so, okay. R&B singer Christopher Williams. I know you know who that is. Yes. Don't wake me. I'm dreaming. I'm, He's I'm just dreaming. fine, fine, fine in the mm-hmm. 90s. Love yes. Christopher Williams. Sure. So, um, he is also has a child with Stacey Dash, which is, yeah. Does he? Yeah. Grown grown child. Yeah. Oh, I had no mm-hmm. idea. Yeah. Um, see, um, yes, I love I love Christmas. 
Okay, so '90s <laughs> R&B singer Christopher Williams is a wanted man after he Uh-oh. failed to appear in court for his shoplifting charge. What did he shoplift? Right. Um, so a judge issued a bench warrant um, for him after he failed to appear in court about a couple of weeks ago to answering answer for his shoplifting charge. He tried to stroll out of Cole's department store. Kohl's. With some pretty pricey headphones. Headphones. He shoplifted the headphones from Kohl's. No. And he's here in Georgia, which I did not know he was here in Georgia. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a headphone. Yeah, I what? think so. That's I mean, the time we met Christopher Williams. Who? Not me and you, but me and some friends. Uh-uh. Okay, I'll tell you that later. Okay. So I'm gonna tell you like right. I'll tell you this right after this, but like it's 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 just okay. I just could see this happening. Like you know, he's I could see this road for him. Okay, so apparently he claimed he forgot to put them in his bag, mm. and um, he also didn't show up to court. So I guess he forgot that too. So um, <laughs> I haven't seen any like updates. He real forgetful. Yeah, I haven't seen any updates. So um, I'm not gonna check. So, but I was like, if so, if you know, if we find out he goes to jail, maybe that'll appear somewhere. So, oh, Lord, but I was like, no. Christopher Williams. So this was a good. I'm trying to think, was I in college? I know. Okay, so me and some friends, some high school friends, we were you know uh-huh. this was past high school. I don't, I can't remember if I was in college, just home, or like it was just uh-huh. right after I came back to LA after college. But uh-huh. we were in this restaurant like bar uh-huh. so because I, it was, I had to be after 21 it was after college um, <laughs> okay got it it was um, in El Segundo like you know where the shop that shopping center is there used to be a restaurant like on the outside now I can't remember what it was we used to always go there for drinks so okay. we were sitting at the bar, me and a few friends, laughing, talking, being our usual selves, like real late. And we saw this man like sitting at the end of the bar, looking just real pitiful and sad. And he looked like a person who was once very handsome, but like <laughs> life got to him. <laughs> So just worn down, just drowning yeah. in sorrows at the bottom of a glass. Yeah, and so I look over there to get because I was a hardcore Christopher Williams fan. Mm-hmm. I say to my friends, I'm like, that's Christopher Williams. And they looked at the man, they're like, Mm-mm, no, that there's no way that that's Christopher Williams. I'm like, it is, it is, it is, I promise you it is. And so I was like, they're like, no, he looks horrible. And I was like, it's him. I don't, he looks horrible. But that's him. I know. Mm-hmm. And so we asked the bartender. We're like, hey, <laughs> I asked the bartender. I was like, hey, can you ask that guy if he's Christopher Williams? And he's like, who's Christopher Williams? I'm like, you don't need to worry about that. Just ask if he's Christopher Williams. So the bartender goes over, asks if he's Christopher Williams. The bartender comes back. And like says, "Yep, that's him." And he said to say thank you. And then the, he like, like kind of like waves or something. And I was like, "Is that the appropriate response? Like, thank you, like thank you for recognizing me, even though I look nothing like my 
former self, <laughs> didn't offer to buy us no drinks. That's it. I was like, huh. Yeah. Wow. So, so he's like, been down and out since for a while. That, that was how long like, ago was that? That was that was ago. like twenty years ago. Like definitely over fifteen years ago. Close to tw- like between fifteen and twenty years ago. Wow. So I was like, yeah, I see this for him because he was like down on his luck way back then, oh, and like or ah. like just things weren't going good for him. And I was just like, he was just so fine. And just, mm, 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 mm. That is just a shame. But he is not aging well, which I'm sorry. Like, you know, melanin. I'm telling you. He, yeah. You know, the melanin, lack of melanin. Yeah. It's like, um, what's his face? Smokey Robinson, too. He's another one. He looks like a current, you know? Yeah. And he used to do those California... No, that was the um, Tim Page. That was like the California Raisin commercial. <laughs> he was not in the California Raisin commercial. He wasn't. But I did compare him to a golden raisin. <laughs> there was somebody else that they just showed a picture of, and someone was like, What happened to him? He used to be like so fine. I was like, Living that life. The drug. Living that life. Okay. You can't like sustain that over twenty some years, and then after a while, not have the money to take care of uh-uh. yourself. A lot of people are living that lifestyle, but they have the money to go get oxygen facials and right. all those little things that they do to like look human and look, you know, like themselves. <laughs> so, look human. I did not mean that. That sounds horrible. Look human. <laughs> I am the worst person. Oh in the world. my god! So, I didn't Kristen mean that. Tip, tips on how to look you. I didn't mean that. I'm While sorry. still living that life. That was very mean. That's not like me. That's more like something you would say. No, I'm just kidding. But yet it came but out yeah. of your mouth. Mm, you ain't okay. sorry. Sorry again. That's the difference between me and you. I usually say bad things and then I'm sorry. You say mm. bad things and then own up to no, them. And just I like say, you say bad things and feign being sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and you do that little voice and everybody believes you. That's the difference. I'm a person of integrity. Oh, <laughs> don't laugh. Just right. That's that's my that's my reaction to that statement. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Shut it. Okay. <laughs> so we're gonna do some two. Um, oh, okay. I want to do this too. So okay. again, so congratulations are in order to. Um, Dulé Hill. If you don't know who Dulé Hill is, he I is love him. Charlie Young from <laughs> <West> Wing. <laughs> and <laughs> it always goes back to the West Wing. Always. And also Burton Guster on Bert- Psych. Yes, more importantly, <laughs> Burton Guster. He left the West Wing to do Psych. So, like, it was you know, kind of, well, West Wing was kind of over. And he is also who I refer to as a man who is never without a job. Like, he knows mm-hmm. how to have a job. He is an actor who stays employed. Yes. And he so is in him. everybody's show doing something. Yes. Yeah, so, this, so, um, 
he was married. He was divorced. He was married to a woman he met on Psych. Oh, okay. He met her on Psych or something like that. Um, and so he, I guess he uses his shows. He finds, like, good women on his shows. <laughs> anyway, so he was recently married to Jasmine Simon, who is his co-star on, I believe, is it HBO Ballers, the show with The Rock? Oh, okay. Yeah, he met her on the set of um ballers uh-huh. and she tells the story of how they how they kind of got to know each other they were filming and she needed to come back to set for a while and there were some issues so she asked if they someone could come get her and like you know let her you know she wanted to go get something to eat so they went took her to lunch and he ended up like joining her or coming with her and like they hit it off and just it grew from there so she is absolutely beautiful. There's a picture that he posted. Oh, her I did see that. Was in, Pe- was in People and their mm-hmm. wedding stories also in People. They were married in Antigua. And there's a picture that he put on Instagram like, at the reception. Gorgeous. Yeah, and, like, I saw just, the picture. So oh, pretty. So pretty. Dressed. Everything beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and his fa- his Instagram post was, if I could speak all the languages of the lands throughout the world, I still would not be able to find the words to express the fullness of my love for you. Jasmine Simon. Hashtag Simon says heal. No. Hashtag Simon said heal. So Aww, sweet. So sweet. So congratulations. Congratulations to, to the happy couple. Yes. And his bride. Much luck to them. Um, yes. Okay, so now down to the shenanigans. So, a story just came out very recently um, where Khalees, um talks about the physical and emotional abuse that she suffered during her marriage to Nas. Okay. Okay, so you know who these people are. I know who Nas is. I don't really know who Khalees is. You don't know, Khalees, you know, I Hate You So Much Right Now, that song, like, Mm-mm. again, it was a good 15, 20 years ago. I love okay. Khalees. Bought the, bought her CD. She was very, like, weird black girl, big hair, and, yeah, she was very weird, but I love Khalees. Anyway, mm-hmm. so, um, she was a singer, now she's, like, a chef, like, lives on a farm and does all that stuff. She just wrote a cookbook not too long ago. Um, so apparently she did an interview with Hollywood Unlocked. I've never heard about Hollywood Unlocked. Um, anyway, but she did an interview with him. Mm-hmm. And she detailed her physical abuse, um, and emotional mm-hmm. abuse during her marriage to um, Nas. Um, she said there was a lot of mental and physical abuse. And she said, um, we had a really intense, we had really intense highs and really intense lows. It was never normal. An intense high would be when money was rolling in. But I was 22 when I met him. We were drinking a lot, getting high a lot. So when that comes down, it was bad. Um, so that's kind of like Aww. what she really kind of goes into. And she would talk about, um, oh, so what made her, a lot of people, which what I've always kind of heard was that he cheated. And that's why. Mm she left him and it because it was very like abrupt i remember this because like i remember like their wedding and i remember her dress because she had like i think she wore like this pink dress or like it was kind of tie-dyed or like like Mm. kind of dress it was beautiful and so like different and weird because that's who Khalees is Uh and so um 
she stated that she decided to walk away from the marriage after she saw photos of Rihanna's face after she was, you know, beaten by Chris, Chris Brown. Uh-huh. And so she says, when Rihanna and Chris Brown pictures came out, I thought about coming out because I also had bruises all over my body. Hmm. But I didn't say anything because I'm private. But seeing her the way she looked and then looking at myself, I felt embarrassed. Hmm. So, yeah. So, again, me always, like, I'm usually not shocked by a lot of things. But this was actually really shocking to me because I just never, I know you can never put anything past anybody, but I just never saw Nas in that light because it seemed like he was... Well, God, I just, Hmm. a song from the 90s just came to my mind. I was going to say he's always seemed very, you know, pretty respectful of women. And then this song that he was on came in my mind. And I was like, okay, never mind. Maybe not. Maybe not. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So this will be interesting. And also, um, the timing is very interesting. Because hmm. over the past several months, they have been dealing with a bitter custody battle over their seven-year-old. So, mm. so, th- so this is a re- they've recently mm-hmm. been divorced. No, they've been divorced. Like he was a baby, I think, when they got divorced. The Chris Brown oh. thing was a was a while ago. Okay, so then they're but they're just now having custody issues. I guess so, because like he, they said it kind of things have kind of gotten to a head over Easter. Um, hmm. Nas um, said that he that she was keeping him from seeing his son, and he was saying that that's she was saying that that's not true. And so yeah, there seems to be like recently hmm. issues. <coughs> sorry, um, custody issues, and I know I know that she's now remarried. Mm-hmm. And I think she has other kids now. Hmm. So I don't know if there's an issue with this like changing dynamics and that being a part of kind of the custody thing or, you know, I don't know the specifics of that. I haven't looked at any like papers or I haven't seen any stories about that. Um, but yeah, they are involved in a custody battle right now. Um, um, how just, yeah, how sad and disappointing. I think it's just, I feel it's always just disappointing when you find out <laughs> these things about people and their lives and who they really are. It's just very sad. Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah. And I always, you know, cause I follow, um, Yara Shahidi. Of course, yes, I love her. And you know, their cousins, Nas. Oh, I didn't know that they were cousins. Yeah, her um mother and Nas, I think, are first cousins or something. So he's always like in family pictures, like at Thanksgiving or at things or blah blah blah. So like I've you know, see like him at things, but it's always in the context of like a family thing with them. Mm. So it's kind okay. of like, you know, seeing like this image of him and then like hearing this, it's just kind of like, Nas, no. Yeah. And it was like, uh, also, like this came out also because last week um, was the what 20th anniversary of Illmatic mm. or 25th. 
Uh-huh. So, like, there was a whole lot of, like, cause that almost was going to be my thing last week. Oh, wow. Okay. But I decided to go with Lauryn Hill. So, it was, like, one Got nice it. thing per day. Per, right, right, right. Per, day. Yeah, <laughs> per so, episode, right. Yeah, so I was just like, no. So, it seems like, you know, he's been in the news, like, a little more recently. And this just, I was like, wow. Yeah, pretty shocking. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see that one. Like I said, I usually don't put anything past anybody, but I was a little, not a little. I was like disappointed and like Mm -hmm. couldn't believe like this was that was crazy. So sad. Yeah. Um. Okay. So reality TV. Okay. So my reality TV watching. Um. Married. Not married at first sight. The last episode aired. I did not watch it, but of course, I too, I like looked at the results, mm-hmm. and two of the couples stayed married. Oh, and one of them did not. One of them they decided to um, divorce even before the last episode mm-hmm. aired because she basically would act one way in front of the cameras and another way when the cameras weren't there. Oh, well, that's and he, good. Yeah, and he taped it. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then told, you know, the people, like, what was happening, what he was going through, and she was calling him disgusting, and, you know, all the crazy stuff that she would, like, be yelling at him and saying stuff to him. And she felt betrayed that he would put that out Hmm. for other people to see, yet, like, that ain't cool. Like, you can't do that. Mm -mm. Like, that's, that's crazy. Um, the other couple, my little favorite, the other couple that did one that stayed together, the firefighter and the fitness girl, I don't even know what she really does, but she just seems very fit to me. She's like the fitness girl. Mm-hmm. They decide to stay together, which is a mistake. They'll be announcing very, very soon that they are divorcing. <laughs> because he is very immature. Like he was talking about not moving in with her after what? they got married because he had roommates and he didn't want to leave them in a lurch. I was like just like they could get somebody in dude to share your part of the rent. Like you need to live with your wife. Like you can't have like an apartment that you go back to whenever you want. <laughs> you know like and, she, and then like he would get upset and like not understand why she would be mad and then he would go tell his friends about it and leave things out and not accurately portray what the conversation was and his friends would still be like nah dude that's not cool you can't do that <laughs> wow how so okay when though, your boys like, are even like no sir yeah like i said they still had it where they had it where they like let the couples like meet and interact a little more than they have in what like before they met each other and then like i think they didn't really meet each other until like the end i think hmm and so this time they had them go like on group dates or group outings, like the honeymoons. They all went to the same place. The mm-hmm. second honeymoons, they went different places. Um, and then they would have like girls' night and boys' night a few you know times or whatever. So that was kind of good because like they were all in these this very distinct like situation. And so mm-hmm. that I think that was a good thing for them. But yeah, he would tell them things. And I was like, that's not what happened. That's not what they showed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the way that he would retell the story, he's very immature. And I was just like, I don't see this happening. 
and her fiance or ex-boyfriend had died like a year before oh this is that couple which yeah. i was like yeah she shouldn't honey be. no who she let her, her yeah who let her on the show who let her on the show it's so irresponsible it really really is so you know so she's still sad and all that and then finally the black couple that had issues in the beginning with the guy not wanting to push intimacy or like he's like I don't know you like I need time to get to know you and her just like I want to be married yes I'm happy like I love you already and him going no like right. you're a stranger like this is a weird <laughs> situation. Yes, we are married, but we don't really know each other. We need to get to know each other. You can't skip these steps. Right. And so he was like that. So they actually ended up like really bonding. And he was like, I can't, you know, like he did kind of say, you know, he is fearful that he's not going to have like that passionate love you know, whatever with her. He's like, I am falling in love with her. I can't imagine my life without her. And he said, like, all of these, you know, we have want this, we have the same goals and uh-huh. and you know, she'd be a great mother. Like he had he said like all those things. He's like he's like, we're still not like there, but I see us going there and uh-huh. like being there, you know, once we like continue to grow and get to know each other or whatever. And so like he, you know, they they stayed married and it was also just announced that they're pregnant. So, oh wow, yeah, okay, so yeah, so there's you know been some time between because I think this was filmed in November, December, uh-huh. the reunion, and that took place, I think maybe a couple of months before that, uh-huh. so it's been less than you know like six months or something, but, but yeah, it's pretty soon. Yikes, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see what happens to them. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so crazy. So crazy. So then the other reality show was The Real Housewives of Atlanta, which I hardly watched, but somehow still knew everything that was going on. <laughs> um, that's what I hate. It's like the Kardashians. Like, even if you don't tune in, like, there's everything is so, like, public and mm. known and advertised. You end up knowing everything. So, they had their this past week um the th- th- part three of their season ten reunion, mm-hmm. and all of these reunions have three parts. Andy Cohen just stretches. Oh, he's making drama. money. He's making money hand over fist. Oh my god! Because yeah, that whole Real Housewives franchise. Oh my gosh, it's ridiculous. Yes. Yeah, and then he has all the other offshoots too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he is making money hand over fist. He is rich. Um, so as usual, lots of drama. The women all have issues with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, the third episode, there's a lot of focus on Kim Zolciak and her shenanigans. And Kim Zolciak, I know you don't know who that is, but she is the white lady. Oh, okay. Well, on the Real House of Housewives of Atlanta, there's only one white lady, and that's Kim. Got it. And she was on the first season. She's not a housewife anymore. She's kind of like a supporting cast member they kind of call her so she films with some people um one lady in particular Sheree who would film with anybody because she lost her peach and they hired her back like I think a couple years ago or maybe last year and she um, lost her what her peach that's what they call it so the real housewives of Atlanta if you are in the opening credits they're holding up peaches 
And so in the opening credits, it's all the housewives who are on the show and they're holding a peach. So when they say when they get fired, you know, they lost their peach. So uh-uh, same with the no. apple. So New York <laughs> is the apple, Orange County is the orange, whatever. And so she lost her peach. I forget like this little vernacular. You're like, what the heck are you talking about? Oh so yeah, gosh. so she lost her peach and, you know, she wanted it back. And so the, Andy rehired her and apparently she's out again because the only person who'd really... She doesn't have a storyline. There's nothing going on in her life. You know, like, there was a whole storyline with her fashion line that she by Sheree that went nowhere. Her building, her house, Chateau Sheree, which she finally got built after maybe five years or something because uh, she didn't have the income and all kind of other things going on. So mm-hmm. they finally unveiled it. Very nice house with a whole lot. Um, it's like every kind of style of house put in one house. Like mm-hmm. fancy, it's a whole mess. It's a whole mess. Anyway, so Kim Zosiak. So she had been involved in a lot of just negative interactions with the women in the past. She had a song that Candy Burris co-wrote with her, and she didn't. You know, Candy did it as as a friendly thing, and she ended up not. You know. um she didn't I don't think Candy like took care of the business which is unusual because Candy Burris is really like about her business in that respect mm-hmm. and she thought you know like whatever you know we're friends and, and and she didn't give her the money that she was supposed to give her in the back you know in the back end mm-hmm. so that's the kind of person she is she kind of shady um, and the women always talk about like they have trips and they do things and she won't ever come she'll they'll you know they have to go to certain events or whatever she won't come or she'll have her husband drive her there and then he stays she walks in with a red cup um this is the kind of person she is and then she'll like leave (laughs) you know croy's waiting for me she will come to a place even the reunion she had her red cup she'll come with some kind of wine or something in a red cup that's what yeah and she's like oh it, there's nothing on hand. So, okay. you know, Croy, who is her husband, who used to play for the Falcons, who's now unemployed, they have like six children. So that's what he does and follows her around and drives her everywhere. He's our driver, basically. Um, loving mm-hmm. husband, driver. And he is younger than her, too. Significantly younger than her. And he'll like, she'll like, they'll film and he'll wait for her, and she won't stay at anything long. Oh, because Croy's waiting for me. I gotta go. I'm like, okay. Like, this is just weird. So, all kind of shit. They usually do a trip once a year. She won't go. She's never really gone. She's always found excuses not to go traveling with them. And um, the last day went to Barcelona, which I'm like, oh, so jealous. And she didn't go, and, you know, there are just some issues about that. Also, she, her and her daughter are like, you know, did some things with Nini. So it's like she's had issues with everybody on the show. Sheree was kind of the only person that deal, dealt with her or whatever. So after reunion, she did what, you know, they do. You know, just crying white tears. Mm. And so after reunion, the cameras followed her back to her dressing room. Her husband was there. And she was telling Andy that she felt hammered by the women on the show. And she also accused Sheree her again her friend on the show of not sticking up for her and then she says to Andy you know why you can't find another white woman to sit on that mf'er because nobody is dumb enough to do that put yourself in my shoes five African-American women just effing hammering 
Wow. Mm-hmm. And so um, she goes on, Nene knows I'm not racist. I'm like, um, you gonna follow this that mm. sentence after all that other stuff you just said? Mm. And she's like, this, and then it's just a bunch of nonsense. This whole racism thing in this day and age is BS. Um, oh, wow. Every one of those MFers on that couch owes this world an apology for this racism stuff. That's not what she said. Nobody really bought into it because social media wasn't there and racism wasn't all that real. Wow. Yeah, and she's crying while she's saying all of that. And Andy is just standing there looking at her like she's insane. And then she goes to him. She's like, and why was everything so negative? Why was everything negative? Why, you know, you know, they coming up with me with all this negative stuff. And he he was like, because everything you did was negative. <laughs> wow. And he's like, your whole storyline, like everything you did this year, your responses to everything, it was negative. So that's what they're responding to. He's like, there wasn't any positive thing about your storyline that we could show or talk about you. This is what you did, and this is what we recorded. So he wasn't here for it. And then all of a sudden, she just cries more and just goes and hugs him. And that's kind of like how it all ends. I'm just like, so he, he calls her out, and then she just ignores him and doesn't respond. So, yeah. Ugh, what a hot mess. I hate those shows, though. Like, they're just so, I mean, whatever. It's because it's so overproduced too that like there's a mm-hmm. part of it that's sort of like okay, so you're just gonna I mean, I'm not saying like she can't, like it's those may or may not be like her genuine feelings or words or whatever, but also it's just like so like produced for an effect, you mm-hmm. know too, like all of the, those entire reality shows from beginning to end or so produced for the sake of like, you know, having something to talk about or whatever. Um, yeah, there are storylines, there are scripts, like there right. is, we're going to have this party for this reason and we're going to be here. Like mm-hmm. one of the ladies, um, Kenya Moore, recently got married and she also announced that she was pregnant as well. Mm-hmm. She um, kind of got in trouble with Andy because she didn't tell him that she was getting married. Um, she wouldn't film with her husband or at home like Mm -hmm. he appeared on one episode where he kind of surprised her at some event that she was doing but other than that she's like he won't be filming he doesn't want to and I'm not going to show my marriage like you know us at home on the show and like that's not going to be a part of it and Mm -hmm. so they're like well if you won't do that then we're going to take your peach and she was like okay but they didn't so she's still on the show but there was a time where they're threatening to you know, get rid of her because they're like you, you, you know, you're on the show. You, oh, this is the part of it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so yeah. And she didn't invite any of the, and she's pretty close to one of the ladies on the show. And she didn't invite her, tell her anything. And I think it had to do with the whole not having anyone there, or mm-hmm. like you know having it filmed or whatever. Right. So, so that will be interesting to see how that goes but they haven't fired her but apparently Kim Zolciak isn't coming back next season she's been gone for a while so like whatever she has her own show with her and all her bro- 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 kids, bro- mm. kids and 
um, Sheree is not coming back. So, oh, it sounds like a it. hot mess. It is like I don't. I will watch. I used to watch New Jersey. Wow. I stopped watching it. I used to watch New York because like they're really like rich, and so it was fun to watch them being fabulous in New York City. Just yeah, so much. Orange County, I never really got into. I think I watched this couple of seasons. I was like, oh, these are all the worst things about, you know, that part of, you know, Southern California. Uh Beverly Hills, I was like, again, for the same reasons why I watched New York, because these women actually had (laughs) lots of money. They were really rich. So it was, and most of them were, like, actual housewives. Right. So that was a part of it. So I was like, yeah, these people aren't actually housewives. I'm like, a lot of these other shows, like, you know, basketball wives and, you know, the real housewives, most of these women aren't even wives. So I'm just like, why? Right. How are you? Yeah. So bizarre. It's so bizarre. So, yeah. So that's, yeah. So that, that just kind of, so yeah, the whole thing is like Kim's racism. And I'm like, that's not a surprise. Like, Everyone uh-huh. knows that I don't know why she's on the show. She's sticks out like a sore thumb. Like you don't have to have like it's Atlanta. You don't need to have a white person on the show. Like it's fine. Right. Like right. Married to Medicine, he did the same thing with Married to Medicine the first year. There was like this white woman and again, like she stuck out like a sore thumb, didn't get you know, like didn't really fit in with the women like she's not on there anymore so Uh you don't need to have like a token white girl a token white girl to you know like it's Atlanta it's Atlanta let it be just let it be let it be what it is let it be what it is and so but yeah Kim Zosiak's the worst he's just awful she sounds awful oh and her oh the wigs and ugh, just the lips, her lips are like overinflated now, and her oh, daughter yuck. has the same look, and she has That's this awful. really deep voice from all the smoking and drinking. Oh no, gosh, That's yeah, great. she's ho- oh, she's just horrible. There's a whole thing because like her whole now she's such a dedicated like mother and wife and all that kind of stuff. But on the first couple of seasons, her whole thing was she had a sugar daddy. Who was a married man who was supporting ew, her? Ew! And she called him Big Papa. And there's a whole like meme of I don't really care for Nene. I think she's awful and crass too. But she's mm-hmm. good for a good liner, good one liner. Mm. She has that one that I really love. And I say often, I say it what I said. So mm-hmm. she has that one. Mm-hmm. But she also with when it comes to Kim, because Nene is married and has been married. Nene's a whole lot, but she loved her husband. Mm-hmm. And like they had a little separate divorce, separation, whatever, but they're back together and been with him forever. And her whole thing was what she said was close your legs to married men. Cause mm-hmm. Kim okay. was Kim was, you know, um trying to chastise her about something and she was like, Close your legs to married men. Like you don't have nothing to say to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't have anything to say with me. Yeah, you have, are yeah. sleeping with a married man, right? Blatantly, and that's yeah. like no one's met your big papa. Like everybody else, see everybody husband and whatnot. But you can't. Yeah, he bought her something. She wanted something. Oh, thank you, big papa. On the phone, I'm like, oh, disgusting. Uh, yuck. So this is this is her. So yeah, Ugh. gross, gross. Boo, Kim's over there. She's gross. get her off that show. It's 
enough already. It's horrible as it is. Get her off of there. Don't need that. There we go. Okay. So yeah, that's it. Wow, that was a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So, Yikes. Mm-hmm. Yuck. Ugh, I need a shower after that last report. Watch some of that itch. So let's get personal. Oh, let's get personal. Um, let's see. In my uh, week, uh, well, I mean, part of my let's get personal was all my excitement about all my true crime stuff, which you know I love so much. Um, but um, the um, oh my gosh, I'm just. <laughs> I literally just drew a blank. I was like on the verge of saying something and my brain just like imploded. No thanks. No thanks, my brain is saying to whatever it was I was about to mention. Good Lord, what was it? Oh, God. What is wrong with me? Um, Oh, that's what it was. Um, I've been cracking up at the antics of my dog and my cat. Oh, good grief. (laughs) And they're always up to something. They're always like, uh, yes, they super, are super cute and just adorable together, especially. Um, but this week, I posted a picture of the two of them, who um, were basically they're, they're it's the two of them standing side by side, staring me down. Because I was making meatballs in the kitchen. Um, And so, you know, I'm like, you know, putting, you know, I have both my hands like all in the like ground beef, the bowl of ground beef, like mixing together all the ingredients and everything. And they're both super intrigued and super like, give us, give us what you have there. (laughs) Like we want some of that. Give it to me. Raw meat, it, sound, it smells delicious. And I'd been, I kept having to kick them out of the kitchen because I kept wanting to wander in. So both of them are standing at the edge of the kitchen. Yes, they are. Like literally like as far as they can go without being technically in the kitchen, mm-hmm. side by side, just staring at me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have to take this picture. So I like, quickly like cleaned my hands off and took a quick snapshot of them and it was just the funniest thing because it really it looked like they were like on strike like they were like it was like straight up union activity they wanted to meet they wanted meatballs um they wanted them now um and um yeah they looked like they were about to boycott me in some sort of way um so they're so and so and what was really funny is i posted the picture on facebook and of course they have their own instagram account and because of course well clearly mm-hmm. they're, they're so, cute they're super cute so they have their own instagram account they have like almost like 300 followers they have more followers than we have <laughs> they have more followers <laughs> than we have ah they horrible. do they do yeah. uh, but they're so cute and um and the funny thing is just everyone else's reactions to the two of them because everyone's just like, OMG, I can't, they're so serious and solidarity. Somebody was like, hashtag solidarity. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, I think I've told the Bombalini story, like, they are, like, yes, we are working together. 
my me and my cat we're gonna work this out yeah. we're a partnership they are a team they are a team um so yeah it it was it's so funny and so cute so i'll probably um share it on our uh, facebook page at some point um but yeah they're adorable and i've been just cracking up at the reactions to their pictures this week because it was just like yeah i thought it was funny but like everyone else was like oh my god they are so dead serious and i was like yeah they were when i saw i was like oh like yeah like i was like those two yeah i, was like, I can't because oh god just like standing like mm-hmm. literally in line right next to each other just staring you down it, it was it was crazy. It was crazy. crazy pets. My crazy pets. So yeah, I'm on IG at the Colonel and Her Majesty. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Shameless plug. Yeah. Um, I see. Yep. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's my let's get personal. It's just another part of my life here. The the dog and the cat are regular regular antics and their own their own shenanigans. Um, yeah. So. But yeah, nothing, nothing much else going on. Haven't seen any movies this week. Nothing to report. So that's all I've got. Okay, yeah. Yeah, me just busy with work. Speaking of movies, I do want to see Crazy Rich Asians. What? I've never even heard of that. Oh my gosh, it's based on a book that I did not read, but now I'm like, I feel like I need to go read this book. It's the like Constance, was it Constance Wu from um, Fresh Off the Boat, the mom who, on oh, Fresh Off the uh-huh, Boat. Uh-huh. Love her. I'm very vocal, outspoken about social issues and Me Too and just everything. Like, I love her. She She's woke. Okay. Um, she's the, you know, protagonist in the movie. It's basically her dating this guy. I think they live in New York. And they go back to, I think they're from Singapore, to a wedding for one of his friends. And that's when she finds out he is basically like one of, from a part of one of the richest families in Singapore. Oh, wow. And she doesn't realize just how rich he is. Because I think they're both professors at a college or something like that. Uh-huh. And then she goes back and like like I said, like realizes sees like literally like how rich he is. Like billionaire status because he lives like a very humble life and doesn't really whatever. So yeah, so it's supposed to be like one of the it's the first predominantly like Asian movie. U.S. Oh. movies in 25 years. And I knew immediately what movie it was. The last movie. And I was like, that has not been 25 years ago. But again, I am old. It has the Joy Luck Club. I was thinking, is it the Joy Luck Club? Yes. And that's what I'm like. I'm thinking. You know, like when you start, you're like, 25 years. Thinking, thinking. Nope. No Asian. Nope. 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 Joy Luck Club? I was like, has that been that long? Yes. The Joy Luck Club. Actually, you know, the Joy Luck Club does feel like it was a very long time ago to me. Now that I think about it, yeah. But I but I was like, gosh, 25 years. I, you know, again, I'm in such denial about time, so, like yeah, right are. now. And so I was like, gosh. Because I, like, I read that in high, the book in high school, so yeah. Right. Like, wow, 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 wow. So yeah, 25 years since there's been like a major U.S. movie with... Um, Primarily Asian cast. Asian class. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, I will have to look into that. That sounds like a fun movie. Yeah, it's like seems like a cute, like little fun movie, and I definitely want to go out and support 
that movie. So yeah. Okay, cool. People of PLCs, yes. Unite. Um, yes. And also fun. Like been a busy, you know, kind of work week. The week is actually going by fast though, which I'm like, yay. Uh-huh. Um tomorrow is like a little local festival, like um like Main Street, like this city in Atlanta, um, kind of, you know, outdoor festival food trucks and vendors oh, nice. and face painting, you know, all kind of little activities. So uh-huh. me and my friends are going to go, my little friend, my big friends and my little friends. Oh, fine. Twins are going to go. So that will be fun to see that them because like they're going to be so excited um, to that. Um also, one of my goals for tomorrow uh-huh. that I'm very excited about that I can't believe Friday has happened already uh-huh. um, is to get a living glazed donut from Krispy Kreme. Like, that's in my to-do. That's been on my to-do list since Monday. And why Why tomorrow? Because it's only this week that they're having the lemon glazed donut. Is that like a yearly thing? No, they did a contest on, like, social media <laughs> to pick a special, like, I think spring flavor. So people voted. I think one was, like, maybe a salted caramel glaze and, mm-hmm. like, a maple or something. The other was lemon. And I voted for lemon because I love lemon. And, because, yes, I did vote. And of so, course. Um, yeah, it won. And so I've been waiting for them to do this and I, I forgot for a little while and then all of a sudden it popped up because I do follow them on social media and they announced that this week that that's when you can get the flavor and so I've just been so busy and not near a Krispy Kreme uh-huh. and so today after um, leaving my last appointment I was like okay I'm going to go buy Krispy Kreme and go to the store and, go. and I was like no you need to go home and podcast you can't go and make a detour to go to Krispy Kreme to get a donut but I will do that tomorrow. That's on my agenda also. So is tomorrow the last day? I think tomorrow or Saturday. I'm not sure. I just oh. know it's this week. So I'm like, I need to get in there. Oh, and I wow. had cookies today. So I was like, I don't really need a donut. And, you know, because I had cookies. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that and, okay, it's all food related for me. And so then, like, I was very excited because me and a fellow <laughs> went to this yummy, yummy barbecue place that I love. The best barbecue in Atlanta, again, is in a gas, gas station. Gas station. Yeah. It really County, good. It's called TDT Barbecue. And, you know, we sat there and talked to the um, chef, the guy who was on the grill, and found out he's a vegetarian. I was like, well, you sure know your way around some meat. Wow. Um, and it was delicious. Like, I had ribs, mm. potato salad, mac and cheese, and they have this thing called a turkey rib, which huh. is like a sm- smoked turkey, and it's on a bone, like so it looks like a rib, and it's smoked. And, like, I don't love turkey, you know, turkey's all right, but I keep, you know, this was like their, like, oh, a lower calorie, you know, alternative uh, to the uh-huh. ribs or whatever. So I was like, well, let me try a new thing. So I tried it. Oh, my God. It's so good. Wow. Okay. So good. So we have to go there when you come. Cause... Yeah, I'm definitely checking out this so, gas yeah, station. You go, you order your food, you take your ticket, you go to the lady on the other end of the gas station who, you know, takes people cash for the pumps. Mm-hmm. pay her and then you go back and pick up your food it's amazing and it's always like packed oh wow yeah, yeah. no I have to you have to take me there 
Yeah, we went a little after lunchtime, and so there weren't too many people there, but, like, a few, like, big orders had just left, like, before we walked in, because I saw people carrying out, like, plates and things of, wow. of food. So, yeah. Yeah, so yummy, yummy, yummy. Got to go there. Little plug for them. I got a free peach cobbler, which I gave to the fella, because I don't eat it, for um, following them on Instagram. Oh, so nice. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. And right. also in my last food related, it's personal. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's like a, I'm turning my personal thing into like a yay food and rant section. Okay, so I have a lot to say. So I'm mad. Me too. I'm so mad. <laughs> you know, usually I'm just like eh, nothing happened. Uh, <laughs> wow. But I was like, I had to say this. I'm like in the car driving home, and I was like, I have to talk about it. I know this eclipsed the other. You know, this story was eclipsed by other things that happened this week but I'm mad because I can no longer patronize the Waffle House oh right as everyone knows I love the Waffle House big fan one of my favorite places to go to get like a quick breakfast yummy like four dollars in my hash brown eggs uh-huh. my little English muffin or, no my biscuits because they put the grits see I need to stop like being so excited because I can't go there anymore the biscuits on the griddle anyway so after the incident of again arresting a black person who was doing something that normal people do uh-huh. um, so mad about that so Waffle House's response was not on par with the Starbucks response it was basically in support of the officers and said that they didn't see anything wrong with what they did. And I was like, Aww. okay, so oh, sadly, Waffle House. Dang it, Waffle is, House. Yeah, this like is also, yeah, I, I know, after the shooting at Waffle House, it's like, it's just too much. And rest in peace to those people. That's, you know, you oh, can't even The shooting even go. was horrible. And eat, you know, yeah. in peace. Yeah, no, that was horrible. Yeah. So, Waffle Aww. House. So, rest in peace to those, the people who passed away. One, Absolutely. You know, just senseless. And boo to Waffle House. Aww. You're going to miss me when I'm gone. <laughs> wow. Are they going to miss you? I don't know. They, they might not. No, they not. Because we ain't. Because I'm like, we will. You know, people were all strong and ready to to um, boycott cot Starbucks, but I really don't see it for Waffle House. Black folks ain't boycott Waffle House. <laughs> it's like if they say like we're gonna boycott um, a wing place out here, I'm like, man, please. Right. Oh, that's funny. Nobody's boycotting American Deli. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. That's a shame. Yeah. It's like, yeah. All right. So So, no more Waffle House for you. No more Waffle House for me. Sad, Kristen. Sad. I stand for some things. They're, you know, like, I'm not the protesting kind, but. (laughs) <laughs> it it only takes like one thing and I'll just have a strong stance just like that place in um LA the wing place the bar what is the name that people always wanted to go there gosh and I, and I, I try every opportunity I can to say don't go there now I can't think of the name of the place damn it sorry and so 
the guy went on a cooking show and was talking about how black people, how much black people like chicken, and like just like says a really racist things. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to your bar anymore. I don't have to. And people would always want to go there for half the hour, and I got it to the point where we never went there anymore. So yeah, oh, I was like, I don't nope. even know what place you're talking about. Oh my god, it was a place. It was one of the downtown spots we used to go to, mm-hmm. and it, I think it was next to. Um, is it a Dublin's that's downtown? That was the big. Mm. Um, it was a chicken place next to Dublin's that we would go for like um, St. Patrick's Day. No, I have no idea. Yeah, well, you don't need to know because you know, I'm like, don't go there. Okay. You're like, oh, I need Fair. to know not to go there. Okay. Yeah, but I assume that not too worried. Okay, about stumbling so, on it. Yeah, enough about that. It, we've like a two hour strong, but we have yeah. a big. If you made it this far, if you made it this far, we have a big announcement. Big announcement. We teased it. We teased it, and now and last week, one of our friends asked about when the next episode is coming on, and I said that we're having a big announcement, and here it is. Yes, here it is. Andrea, take it away. All right, so. <laughs> We're having a contest. Yay! So exciting, right? Yeah. We're going to have a contest, and the winner of the contest, we might have to do, like, a raffle, depending on how many people participate. So, but the winner of the contest will win a guest-starring appearance on the podcast. Very exciting. So very exciting. We think this is very exciting. This is very exciting. <laughs> we think it's very exciting. We think you should think it's very exciting. We think you think it's very exciting. People have expressed interest. Yeah. In yeah. sitting in and talking with us and yeah. being a part of the podcast. So so we, we will do a segment where you're uh, you come on and we will discuss topics with you, mm-hmm. and your voice can be added to this uh, fun conversation. Yes. Yeah. And. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something else, and now I can't remember. So, all right. So, so, what do you have to do to enter the contest? I know that's what you're asking. You're ready. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, here's here are the, the things. There's three things that you have to do in order to be entered to win. Mm-hmm. Numero uno. Numero uno. Share... <laughs> Share the Facebook post for today's episode. So episode 19, as you guys know, on our Facebook page, we always share a collage picture of the topics that we discussed. So you have to go to our Facebook page. Right. So you have to do that first. So if you're listening and you're not on yes. our Facebook page, that means you have to go to our Facebook page like that. Yes. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. So you have to like the work. We're sort of. OK, so we're just gonna, let's just be clear. We are. You should already have liked our Facebook page. Yeah. And if you haven't, shame on you. Shame on you. So you've already liked our Facebook page. You're going to go to our Facebook page. And for today's post for today's episode, you're going to share that post on your page. And with any comment you like, but we were just trying to generate more traffic in our direction. So share our Facebook post for today's episode number 19. That's number one. Numero dos. Dos. (laughs) You have the option, whether you're an IG Instagram person or whether you're a tweeting Twitter person, we want you to either um, (laughs) mention us. (laughs) 
do you know give us an at wait tell me pod um on ig or an at wait tell me pod on twitter so um tweet out anything or um share out anything um on ig with um um just tagging us on either one so you don't have to do both instagram and twitter you can do one or the other Mm -hmm. um and again you can just tweet or um tag us in however you want on IG, but um, give us that mention and send people our way. And numero tres.